There he is. Like oh, God, that's hole. terrible lighting. It's a black hole. Cookie, oh, turn cookie. your computer around. Jesus Christ. Oh, my Christ. God. Cookie looks like. Oh, cookie, I realize you're the black member of the podcast, but like you're literally playing that game right well, now. Well, listen, man. I, <laughs> I was just trying to get up here first, and then I was going to adjust the. So. Cookie, it looks Not like you're ones. like one of those anonymous witnesses that they interview <laughs> on the news. Needs to have that <laughs> You can see the outline of the person. <laughs> I'm unlock. You have. You have to unlock me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two Dollar Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. Unlike always, I am Big Mike, your host today. The boys are away at WrestleMania. No, they're not. All right, so they are here zooming in because <laughs> oh, WrestleMania man. was was moved from Tampa. Uh, I am joined, as always, by your boy Cookie. Okay, Chris Tolbert. Oh yeah, and filling in for me in the Greenhorn spot. Aaron Varnum. I would like to add that if this was really, uh, you know, a real WrestleMania week, we would be watching Minoru Suzuki wrestling Orange Cassidy right now. So I, I go, go fuck yourself, Mike. Yes. <laughs> and by wrestling, yeah. you mean destroying. Dude, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just, it, in my head, I'm like trying to come up what that match would have been like. And anyway, it sounds awesome. I, said, I wanted to see it more than WrestleMania almost. I literally sent a tear-jerking um, text to the boys because I, I felt I feel so bad for you guys, particularly after seeing Pac versus Orange Cassidy. You know that Suzuki and Orange Cassidy would have but just put on a, an absolute spectacle of a show. Well, Aaron, you you didn't want to watch Jeff Hart? No, I did. No, no, no. Like oh, Jeff okay. Hart was okay. like my number two for the week. Was was Jeff Hart wrestling? Possibly Kenta Kobashi, which would have been amazing. <laughs> All right. So, um, for those of you who didn't listen to the very end of the last podcast, uh, we are switching it up a little bit for the month of April. We are going to be alternating um, hosts. So, this week is your boy, Big Mike. Next week is Cookie. And for the 420 episode, we will be doing Chris, the high spot Tolbert, um, managing and somehow trying to figure out hosting this entire podcast boys oh, wait boys i i was actually didn't realize this when i chose to do this episode and when aaron actually let me do this episode i don't think he knew it either yeah i didn't it is it is one year one full year 52 episodes this is the 52nd episode of two dollar steak at pro wrestling podcast so what uh what are you guys' thoughts how how, how have you, um, how have we managed this collective group of unique individuals? How have we managed to do this for 52 episodes? I have grown in my wrestling love and fandom over this year. I think that uh, all of us have grown into to our, our roles. Cookie is now a connoisseur of Japanese professional wrestling. Mike is now becoming uh, educated in the history of, of professional wrestling and Tolbert's high <laughs> <laughs> all the time <laughs> well I, I have been this past year it's been a whirlwind of a year lots of ups and downs we had some great wrestling trips because of this podcast you know um, you know got us on the road to see a lot of things and 
just kind of re-spark that love I've always had for it, even though I've kind of put it on the back burner in the past few years. And this little project of ours kind of, you know, just brought all that back up. And now that we're getting older and starting families and stuff, uh, I'm just ready to pass down the knowledge, <laughs> force it, you know, upon our friends and family uh, via this podcast. I think we've all evolved in a way and i think that's how we've managed uh i have changed we've all used to you know just rally off stuff throughout the match we just used to talk about it uh you know from start to complete finish and we've all kind of uh we we've changed our style up a little bit i've done the 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 cookie count mike shortened his segments up a little bit tolbert's just high so so cookie what you're trying to say is we've yeah, developed sorry, a gimmick <laughs> we've developed our gimmicks throughout the past year um yeah. the one thing i wanted to mention i wanted to give two thumbs up and a high five to aaron varm from not missing a single episode so all of Holy us shit. the others <laughs> myself tobert cookie we've missed yeah. one or two or a, a few episodes and we've had to have fill-ins from anywhere from sharky davenport pancake yep to uh zane the awesome dawson and uh, and so, Aaron, hats off to you, my friend, for, for facilitating this and then giving the reins to your three most degenerate wrestling friends. I just want to say, Jesus, that's a lot of wrestling. That's <laughs> Jesus, that's a, a lot, lot of wrestling. Uh, so, boys, I put in the rundown. I would like to talk about, if, if, if you could take a moment to think about your favorite moments of this podcast history. So that's 52 episodes. There's couple of extra bonus episodes there's wrestling trips what to you is your favorite moment from this and, hands down it was tolbert and the uh <laughs> the uh god what was it called what do you call it a uh we the Japanese match. Thinking. He called it a um. Oh. What was the word? Oh you? God! Concubine. The, the concubine. <laughs> the concubine incident. Over in the concubine incident. The concubine incident. <laughs> Dear God. I, I yeah. mean, like that was nowhere near my top five of favorite things that that we had. Aaron, uh, care to rattle uh, off a couple of yours? Yeah, you go ahead. Uh, man. Number five, I think, would be the Uber ride from hell story, which is oh, we're coming up on a a year of that, and that was kind yeah, of one of are. our first forays in storytelling. Um, number two, I think. Um, introducing cookies the concept of cookie living in a bubble i think was a very good thing and then introducing slowly but surely last week you know we we have the cookie list uh three i think um had to have been big mike putting our boy actually you know what i'm gonna put that in number one big mike putting tolbert through a table and us being able to to put together this thing that we had been building up and building up all year and then being able to call a wrestler, Zane Dawson, our boy Zane Dawson, to come over to my house and uh, pick up a random guy and throw him through a table all while the pizza guy was holding the boom mic. Now, if that doesn't sound like low-rent amazing uh entertaining stuff i believe that 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 is that's my number one number three uh, i was very proud of the uh the steak yule log you guys didn't give it as much credit as it should have I, I, I like that that I, wasn't you know, in my top five i popped for that thing 
And uh, number two, I think, would be our story from uh, the quarantine lockdown. <laughs> I think God. the entire quarantine lockdown episode, like, everything came together about that. And that, that 30 minutes was just phenomenal storytelling between Cookie and me. And you guys who watched it and got to watch and experience it from a different place, you know, while we were there in Hope County. Tober. Oh, man. So, uh, mine uh, – Let's see. Number five, start at the bottom. Uh, was definitely the Hope County episode. Uh, <laughs> just because it took my mind off all the WrestleMania stuff. It was fun. It was really fun to hear you guys commentate it and do all that. It was a blast. Uh, number four, let's see. It was probably WrestleCade that weekend. Sorry, Mike, you didn't get, go there. Hopefully all this is done and over with. <laughs> Excuse me, because the plans they have for WrestleCade this year are supposed to be awesome, and I hope you can go. Uh, but that was that was a blast of a weekend. It was amazing, uh, so fun, and some of my uh, best friends were there as well. Uh, had a great time. So I put in this what number three? Oh man, probably number three was. I have to say the first episode we recorded at Mike's house with <laughs> kids and it was the so dogs. Terrible. It's so it was bearing a mic, you know. And this is our first go at this. But it was awesome, and as soon as we did it, I I, I knew I was like, man, we're gonna be, we're, this is gonna keep rolling. I know it is. This is awesome. Uh, number two was probably getting put through a table by a big night. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a really fun night. We uh, we we built the thing. It was on the fly. It was it was awesome. Number one was probably going to SmackDown with Big Mike, uh, oh. and that it was a reason this podcast came to be. It was around the holidays. It was uh, just a lot of fun going to a live event seeing the revival versus heavy machinery with big mike um that was definitely a, a huge highlight so here i am i i actually this is why i wanted to do this because i um not that i forgot about some of those moments but maybe i didn't appreciate them as they were happening or you know it's just nice hearing your guys's thoughts i actually took this a different way i i actually zoned in and narrowed down to the the moments while we were recording the podcast, I wanted to, I wanted to, I actually was thinking in the vacuum of recording this podcast, what was some of my, or what was my number one favorite? And you boys didn't mention it, but that organic moment in podcast history when Aaron and I sent the picture to that Twitter dude of oh. Aaron Falls. Oh that, my God, I forgot all about the, that. The moment when, when I had to stop the podcast recording because this guy was being a dumb fuck and we had to send a picture of Aaron's testicles. And <laughs> that, is, that is honestly one of my most organic, hilarious moments oh that God. I remembered yeah, I forgot this about podcast. That. Now, everything else you guys said was heartfelt and understanding and I wasn't there for some of it, but I was definitely there for the Tolbert through a table moment. Well, and also, Mike, I, I forgot to mention it should have been number one. You should have been number two, but my bachelor party. Yeah, the $2 yeah, I mean, that, yeah there you bachelor go. Party was and, and that's, and I think it, like Aaron said, it, it really boils down and Cookie mentioned it too. It's, it's the fact that we have grown together. So we started out as four dudes who enjoyed wrestling. Um, from different perspectives and different understandings, and, and and we've grown into this this semi uh, you know semi responsible and semi respected podcast where we uh, we we discuss wrestling from different points of view, and I I really really appreciate that. And, and we also have a bunch of sponsors to go along with it. Yeah, Isn't that you know, we we do we sold out America when it comes to toilet paper. I we mean, have a new one today, out. by the way. Nobody else can do that, and uh, we did that, so I appreciate it. I think also, like, 
speaking about us growing and maturing, I think our friendship has grown exponentially over this past year. Well, considering that Aaron, I think Aaron is only socially distanced with his family and wrestling friends, um, points to that, right, Aaron? That's yeah, yeah. That's that. That should be like you know a point, right? <laughs> I, I definitely, I I'd definitely agree. Swipe right for that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anybody, anybody else? Final comments on one year in review, two dollar stake, a pro wrestling podcast. That's I honestly didn't think that we were going to be able to uh, keep the momentum going, and I, you know, I, I think when we first came up with the podcast. And I was like, we, we can't miss a week. We got to provide content. And you guys keeping on my ass every week where I'm like, nah, I don't feel like it this week. I'm not in the best of moods or like something happened or I'm really busy this weekend. We were always able to find time for each other to put something together. I mean, look at us now. We're in quarantine in uncertain times. We're in a time where I could, you know, die in the next few weeks but we're still putting together this podcast so so because Aaron, we, we go ahead what go ahead finish oh no no you just threw me off oh sorry you're like cookie at, at <laughs> well, so county what 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 you're trying to say is in dire times we kept and said aaron you're booked yeah oh aaron. man oh, you're booked you're aaron booked. Oh, you're booked. You're booked. no no you're, you're booked, booked aaron <laughs> All right, boys, uh, moving forward, it is actually, so to those of you who don't know, we are recording on a Friday, which has never happened in $2 Steak Podcast history, but it's because none of us have anything else to do. We are literally sitting in our houses, uh, imbibing on whatever vices that we may, uh, Aaron has chosen Cheerwine. Um, uh, sparkling water. Uh, sparkling water. Uh, I have chosen bourbon and bush light. Tolbert, cookie are imbibing on alcohol and other fringe necessities. Um, I don't think boys, it's a fringe now. They are, uh, this is WrestleMania weekend, right? So yeah. I am not going to dwell on the fact that you guys were supposed to be there. I was actually – I wanted your thoughts on – it is the 21st century, right? So in today's world, taped wrestling shouldn't and isn't and hasn't been a thing in, in a long time – Take out NWA on YouTube. The mainstream, the big guys, they're doing live events. So what are your thoughts on the fact that not only are we seeing a taped WrestleMania, but we will likely be seeing taped segments of Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite for the foreseeable future? I think as long as... I have a tr I have a problem with self-control when it comes to spoilers. And I think that them being able to keep tight-lipped about who won, who lost, everything in WrestleMania right now, I still have an air of interest for WrestleMania. I'm still excited to watch it, and I'm still excited to experience it with you guys because nobody else knows what happened except for the people that were there. I would 100% agree with that. I am also very guilty of getting on the internet and just reading random things because if I get bored or whatever, I go on Reddit or I go on Twitter and I see all this sort of stuff. And I have been, I've caught wind of one or two, actually two big main spoilers, but they're, they're more, uh, the one was like almost national news and the other one's just a random spoiler regarding that single um, piece and thread. And I am actually very surprised as well that they have not, 
and then nothing has leaked. And you mentioned that Dynamite has taped episodes that could potentially last weeks and weeks and weeks through May even. Yeah. And I only found about that, found out about that from you. And then hours later, I finally read about it on the internet. So the, yeah, agreed. And do you guys think it's because of how few people they have in, involved oh, yeah. in those single episodes? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good thing. Because when you've got a bunch of wrestling fans, they all want to scoop each other. When you've got an asshole like Brad Shepard, who has got, like, you know, ears and eyes everywhere. and That motherfucker's blind as a goddamn bat, dude. Yeah, but you know what? His scoops are legit sometimes. Dave Meltzer, his scoops are legit. But when you've got such a small group of people, you can find out who leaked those spoilers very quickly. And then you could, you know, fire that person. But it can't go on. It can't go on forever. And uh, hopefully, you know, all this ends swiftly because, I mean, wrestling wouldn't be where it is today without live, you know, in the moment shows with live audiences. I mean, it's just like you have to play off that energy and you can't replicate that no matter what you do. Um, it just has to happen. You can't it can't be, you know, just all pre-taped shows. Like I am, I feel like I'm the king of isolation. I hate spoilers. I'm trying to stay away from all of it. So I'm super excited about WrestleMania this year, but I'm also excited about next year. Cause boys, we're going to Hollywood. We're going to Los <laughs> Angeles, baby. God no, damn. I've started the savings fund. I'm you saving better believe it. I told my bosses, I'm like, look, you know, next year I'm going to LA. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my grandfather, uh, he sends checks for the kids and what he doesn't know is that's my WrestleMania fund. I don't think Donald Trump knows that he's paying for my WrestleMania. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I was like, don't tell uh, North Carolina unemployment slash Donald Trump. Like, uh, we're going to WrestleMania, baby. <laughs> I, you, you know, like thinking about it, 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 was, it was sad. I was very devastated oh, yeah. that we weren't allowed to go to Tampa. Same. And like, but, but you know what? It, it was just a speck in what's going on in the world right now. Things are going on that yeah. like, you don't have control over. And I'm glad I'm glad that they have taped these shows, you know, and at least given us something, you know. Yeah. AEW's definitely done a lot better job. This past Wednesday was awesome. I was thoroughly entertained. Um, you know, it's it's something, but I think it will. You know, it's not going to stay like this. It'll go back to full live shows because I mean, it's just magical. Sometimes you never know what's going to happen for the better or worse. You know. True. And and that's something to be said about the sport of wrestling is that. The show must go on, and unlike sports like basketball or baseball or hockey, where you know you need that large you know team presence, you need all of the surrounding like um, <clears throat> the underneath people to do do all these sorts of things. Wrestling, you need a cameraman, and you need two workers, and honestly, you can you can go from there. And uh, so the fact that they've been able to do what they have, I really appreciate. Um, because because right now that's like the only thing on TV that is new and exciting, Aaron. And I'm 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 proof that all you need is one cameraman <laughs> and two workers, and you can put on a hell of a show, kids. I, well, I had one for five years. Aaron's proof that you can put on a show. It doesn't have to be good, but it's a, nope, it's a show. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but there will be a show. People will watch it. Um. So. Leading into that, so this week I have chosen some s several different matches. Um, again, if you Aaron forgot to edit out the entire Fight Club segment of the last episode, but I um, 
I was choosing matches for the guys this week that incorporated individuals who I have grown immensely to respect and enjoy their work and their presence in the wrestling industry. Um, the one thing I talked about last week that, again, Aaron didn't cut out, was that you run down some rabbit holes, right? So you I, – I get this thing in my head that I want to find a match – with this one individual and you know, I find out that he had a match with somebody else and then I cannot find a link, but that leads me to several other links of different matches. And so that's how I came to be and came to find the match that I gave the boys this week. Wait, wait a minute, Mike. Go ahead. Sure. You've learned to respect and love Jeff Hart's work rate over, over the past year. Well, Aaron, uh, you're, you're giving out some spoilers and um, you're no selling the work rate of Raider rock as well. <laughs> <laughs> as the outsiders so i would uh, i would respectfully ask you to shut your fucking mouth oh wow <laughs> <laughs> all right but before we get to our matches uh, i want to do two things boys one i'd like to give a moment of silence and an rip to the those we've lost this week due to the coronavirus um namely bill withers adam schlesinger and joe diffie all right, Bill Withers is famous for the Lean On Me and Ain't No Sunshine songs. Um, Lean On Me actually is my class, my graduating high school class's song. Why? I don't know because half of us hated the other half. So uh, don't quite get that. But um, <laughs> Stacy's mom, boys, I mean, that's a foundation of any millennial. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, any millennial's uh, teenage years. Cookie, maybe not so much, but. Oh, I still heard it. I, I heard it around. <laughs> yeah, you heard Stacy's mom when you are in sixth grade? Yeah, 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 uh, fourth grade. <laughs> and then, of course, Joe Diffie. Joe Diffie. Pickup man. Prop me up on a jukebox. John Deere Green. On a hot summer night. The world lost some greats this week. So, yeah, I just wanted to give a moment of silence to those. Tiny bubbles. And uh, speaking of things we've lost this week, Cookie, did you pop any bubbles? I did. So I put it in the rundown that uh, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but for the first time ever, I watched like the first string of Marvel, like the Marvel series. Uh, I was so listen, listen, I know how I many know. movies was that? Uh, that was a total of six movies on I'm on Thor. Dark was Lord. that was that up to Avengers one? Yes, I'm past Avengers one. I'm at Thor Dark World right now. Dark, dark world. Go out, go outside, Cookie. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. You're allowed to exercise. <laughs> listen, I was a big Marvel hater when those movies was coming out because I loved The Dark Knight. I loved it. I didn't want anything else. People would be like, hey, what about uh, uh, Batman Begins? That was fucking horrible. Or uh, Justice League. And I'm like, well, like what about Batman The Dark Knight? Huh? I liked Batman Begins. Well, some people are haters, man. Cookie, did you uh, did you read the comic books or have you only watched the movies? I've only watched the movies. Okay, so you're right there with me. What um, what are your thoughts on the movies? What uh, I mean, give us the rundown. I mean, give us the so cookie far, bubble list. So far, I loved every single movie from. I, I'm watching them in chronological order. So I went from Captain America to. It takes a lot of effort, Cookie. It does. It does. I went from Captain America to Captain Marvel. So even though the movies are years apart. 
it's in chronological order from when the events happened. So right now, I love every single movie except for the first Captain America. That was pretty boring and dull. I'm not gonna lie to you. But, yeah, I fell asleep uh, in the theater when I saw that shit. I, I, I'll tell you. So Cookie, again, I never, I've never read a comic book in my life. Um, uh, false. I, you read the Andy Kaufman and oh wait, wait, and I purchased you the History of Professional Wrestling. I hate comic. to break it to you. I never read the Andy Kaufman book you gave me, and I only got halfway through the History of Professional Wrestling. You need to finish that. It's really good. Okay, well, uh, noted. But Cookie, as somebody who has never read any comic books and only ever watched the Marvel movies, I'm right there with you. I think that all they were very solid movies. They were very entertaining, right? There's not a lot of low points, and it tells a story, much like professional wrestling. And you know, you boys know me, I love a good story. And those movies, they they do what they're meant to do, and that's entertain you, it gets you to buy into the next episode, it, it, it gets you into next week, what's gonna happen? So uh, I respect yep. you, Cookie. Um, any other final thoughts on Poppin' Bubbles? Uh, no, man. I, I can't wait for the rest of the series to see what uh, what else Stan Lee is going to tell me. So wait, you Stan haven't Lee. seen Endgame at all? I haven't seen, you haven't seen Black Panther? I've seen Black Panther. I've seen both of the Guardians of the Galaxy. C- That's Cookie, it. can I just say, wait till you see Thor Ragnarok, because that is the top one for me. That, that is my favorite of the, all of the Marvel movies. We saw that in theater together, right? We did, and uh, I think we held hands because it was so good. <laughs> yeah, it was It was good. <laughs> so, Cookie, whose uh, Disney Plus password do you have? It's uh, actually mine. I, I personally oh, bought okay. that. I personally bought the Disney Plus password. I was going to go through my father, but now I was like, no, you know what? I'm use my own. Wait, what, what, is your, what is your dad watch on Disney Plus? <laughs> he watches the Marvel movies just okay. like I do. He fucking loves it. <laughs> He's watching Kim Possible. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Your dad watches a goofy movie and just <laughs> thinks about how, you know, growing up with Cookie was like and how he tried to take him on a fishing trip and Cookie hey, just wasn't feeling it and wanted to go to the Power Wire, the Powerline concert. Hey, listen, Powerline was amazing, man. He should have come out with an album. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, stay tuned next week to hear how Cookie grows as a person and experiences things that most of us have already experienced. (laughs) Let's get to some wrestling on this wrestling podcast. All right, for for our first matchup, sorry. Not, I'm not used to this. Uh, our first matchup, Aaron Varnum. I gave you Arn Anderson versus the Great Muta for an NWA Television title. What are your thoughts? Uh, so you gave me Arn Anderson against how Jim Ross calls him the Great Muta. <laughs> he, he, it's it's two very specific uh, like you know noises, Muta. So it is from NWA Power Hour, January 2nd, 1990. You have got two of my favorites on the call, Jim Ross, a very young Jim Ross, and uh, uh, another Jim, Jim Cornette. At at this point, was Jim actually, or Jim Ross actually that young though? I I feel like he'd been working for, uh, who was it? Who did he work for? Crockett. He worked for Crockett for a while. Well, Crockett, this is a part of Crockett's stuff. Okay. But he also worked for USWA and then UWF. So he, 
he had been around since like the early '80s working stuff. So that's Cowboy Bill Watts. Right, so first third of a career. Yeah, and then finally Cowboy Bill Watts, NWA went over there. Anyways, so we're we're getting this matchup: Arn Anderson against the Great Muta. Um, first off, the first thing I notice is the audience. The audience is filled with every member of my extended family. We've <laughs> got my uncle James with an awesome trucker hat. We've got some of the trashy members of my family that I never talked to in Varnum town. We got some shrimpers in the corner. We have got everybody wearing, uh, the NASCAR jackets. Yes, Mike. Well, no, are you done describing your family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, which member of your family wore the Schnauzer dog sweater? Uh, that would be my aunt Connie. Uh, God rest her soul. She was a very by the book good Christian lady, and she she would wear you know the Schnauzer. She'd wear the Disney so, sweatshirts. So you're saying Aunt Connie sat front and center on the NWA Power Hour. Now, you know, as long as she could pray for the wrestlers beforehand and afterwards, she would be there probably. This lady did too. You know she did. Dude, this yeah. lady was all about her, some NWA power hour. So the first thing I notice when Arn walks out, Arn has got this, this you know, he's, he's 30 going on 50. This look about him, he's got this dad swag. Very focused, very serious, just all about going in there and getting a W. Great Muda comes out, beautiful long hair. Beautiful black face paint with whatever he has written on his face, which probably means apple or something. You know, <laughs> something, something that, that Muda wrote in, in you know, his, his native language, which Jim Ross keeps referring to as Oriental. Like, <laughs> we, we, I was hoping you are going to bring that up. Yeah, he, uh, um, he still does that, Aaron. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, I think they told him not to do that. Like, you know, like dude, you can't say that. <laughs> Multiple times during uh, the match, he said, Great Muta, the Oriental man, in quotation mark, the Oriental man. Aaron, and I'm just uh, like, well, all right. What were your thoughts on the stare down between Muta and Arn Anderson? The one that ended with, with Muta, you know, doing his neck like that and then the, spitting the, the, the mist. The slow throat slash. Yeah. So Arn just, he takes no shit. He's the guy that, like, He's the dad that you don't want to fuck with. Like, the one dad that you're always intimidated about. Like, it's a dad I hope to be. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the guy that, that you are just like, you're, you're not sure about this dad. If you're going to date somebody's daughter, right? He's the dad that sits out on the front porch cleaning his shotgun before you take his daughter out on a date, which I've had happen to me before, and it made me very uncomfortable, and it threw me off my game. Uh, anyway, so... so they have this stare down, and the match begins. Arn and Muta, for what they are, are very technical wrestlers. Um, they're trading collegiate shots back and forth, wrist locks, takedowns, and it goes on like this for a couple minutes. It's a very tit-for-tat kind of matchup. Uh, Muta showing that, that he is just as technical as Arn Anderson, who is known for his, his technical expertise. This, like I said, this goes on for a couple minutes, and then out comes Chris Tolbert and a walking penis. Um, I mean, Buzz Sawyer and the Dragon Master come out, <laughs> both members of the JTEX Corporation. 
these two men it. come in, the Dragon Master, who is uh, Sakurada, or also known as Kendo Nagasaki in Japan. These two men are, are kind of cornering Arn Anderson, and Arn, um, to compensate, he changes up his style a little bit. He's nervous, outnumbered. He's always keeping one eye to the crowd. Like I said, Buzz Sawyer, a man who is known being kind of like a crazy wrestler, looks and acts just like Tolbert the entire time. I think he was probably <laughs> high. And uh, Buzz Sawyer, uh, Buzz Sawyer's got the same hairline as Tolbert and same gut and just <laughs> what just beautiful, beautiful. I man. feel like Tolbert is a little taller than Buzz Sawyer. Yeah, I, I think he might. I'm not sure. Hey, he Aaron's not a bad-looking guy. He might have a gut. He's got those pecs. He's got those arms. He's got those shoulders. <laughs> hey, Aaron, but, to real cookie in a little bit, um, the guy that came out with Buzz Sawyer, what was his name? The Dragon Master. So the Dragon Master actually looks like one of the characters from Doctor Strange. Yeah, he, he actually huh. – he, he's kind of like a, a – a cross between Doctor Strange and he's got these glasses on the, no, the guy with up. Doctor Strange, not actually right, 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 right. <laughs> but he also looks like not the villain Benjamin Cumberbund. Come on, man. The the villain in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the oh. the guy whose face melts at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, so back to the match at hand. Um, Jim Cornette does not shut the fuck up the whole time, and it, and it's pretty interesting. Some of the things he's saying, he's talking about the rednecks and everything like that. Back to the match. Muda's back handspring back elbow is amazing. He he goes he he whips Arn Anderson to the corner and does like a gymnastic floor routine and then finally back elbows the guy. It looks really cool. Jim Cornette's kind of talking about the four horsemen at the time who apparently face at the time of this matchup and he says that Sting is one of the possibilities of being in these four horsemen. I just wanted to say this to get a pop out of Tolbert, but Jim Cornette claims that Sting cannot live the horseman lifestyle. Sting just wants to take vitamins and talk to kids. A little bit no, creepy. He, uh, no, he wants to talk to girls on the strip, dude, while he's pumping iron and catching a tan, bro. Because we know Sting is, quote, so horny. <laughs> yeah, he is. Just like the T-shirt. Now, as the match goes on, Arn Anderson's still working the left arm of uh, the great Muda. And I love when somebody body slams somebody with a hammer-locked arm behind Dude. him. So he body slams them on the arm. So we, we, I feel like you gave me a match where I saw this move happen, and I talked about how aggressive and how uncomfortable that move made me feel because – there, there's no holding back on that. Like that, that you can actually hurt your physically hurt your shoulder. Like, le, right. like legitimately. And when I saw Arn do that to Muda, I mean, great move, perfect execution, gave me the queasies. Well, it, <laughs> and and it fits into this character of him being a ring technician who's who's working that one body part the whole time. And I think that 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 move. It is very good for what it is. What uh, what did you think about Arn like when he was like doing those knee drops on Muda's arm and just like what, and so you talked about them being face, but like when Arn was scraping his pad on Muda's arm like behind the ref's back and all that sort of stuff. What did you think about that? Well, I, I think at the time it, it was that kind of character. Um, they were the cool bad guys, which not necessarily, you know, full on face. It's kind of like the stone cold where they're, they, they, they don't take shit from anybody sort of thing. And Ric Flair, you know, you're never going to take 
him being the dirtiest player in the game. And that kind of was how the mentality of um, the four horsemen were at the time. Um, Arne Anderson doing little things. You're seeing him work fingers. You're seeing him work at the wrist. He, he's doing these little things that are just kind of lost in today's style of professional wrestling. I, I would 100% agree with you. And that's what I was actually going to say is I, I feel like you don't see that. I, I would say we've seen some of that in more of the AEW style of, uh, of professional wrestling today, where you don't see any of that in the, the WWE style where, yeah, like, Arn's working the, the 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 knee scrape on the pad on the arm, and then later on he like rubs his laces across Muda's face. Like you don't, I love you don't, that. You don't see that, and it's like that little that little bit, that little nugget, is what I think. I feel like buys me in as like an outside fan. Go ahead. Now you do see that out of two wrestlers that that I I, I like that tag we, up with each other. They're called the Revival, and yeah, Scott yeah. Dawson. Is Arn Anderson reincarnated? I think their their style is is very similar. I, I would one hundred percent agree with you. I love the revival. They are exactly what we're looking for in that like old school heelish tag team. Now Arn Anderson is is known for his spine buster, spine buster, huge spine buster on Muda. But at that point, the Dragon Master distracts the referee. He jumps up on on the apron. And then Buzz Sawyer comes in with a cheap shot. Now, hold on, Aaron. You kind of no-sold how big of a spine buster that was. No, no, no. I, I, I actually, I wrote uh, in all caps, spine buster. Dude, yeah. That, <laughs> so I, I, Arn Anderson hitting a spine buster, like that should be a finishing move in a Mortal Kombat movie. Like that thing is oh, yeah. dirty. Like it's massive. It's huge. Their spine shoots out their asshole as yeah, soon exactly. as that, that happens. Actually, it, half it, of it out of the ass, moves. half of it out the head. Like, like let's right. go. So you, you get this spine buster for the hope spot. It sets up the great Muda going for his vaulted finishing move, which is something that you never saw at this time. And it was a moonsault. Arn Anderson, a very smart competitor, somebody that has done his homework, blocks it. And it's a big deal. Nobody blocks the great Muda's moonsault. How technical, so he, he, how technical was that knees up? Like – it was oh, it was beautiful. It was proper and prim. Like, never. I, I didn't see it coming. So once once that happens, Arn Anderson is is able to get a very quick and beautiful DDT, very snap DDT, and get the win. And he is your new NWA Television Title holder. And he went on to hold it for a while and ended up being one of the greatest television title champs in, in the history of the NWA and then later WCW. He got out of the ring really quick to get away from those numbers, and there you have it, folks. Arn Anderson is your man. What are, uh, what are your thoughts on a DDT just kind of like being a move nowadays, not, not actually a finishing move? I, I like the DDT, and, you know, now it's become a tra transitional, and you, you don't – you don't kind of get that, um, I, I don't know, that feeling. You see it so much when, when you have somebody like Jake the Snake, you know, started the move, and then Arn Anderson using it as a finisher. It was a move that was an exclamation point back then, and it was something that finished up a matchup. And then, you know, here and there, and now it's like the Tope Suicido. It, it's a move that, like, 
people are like, oh, that, that's a cool move and started using it more often. And then once that kind of happens, more people start using it. And it's like the COVID-19. It just becomes an exponential thing where everybody is doing this it's move. Like hipsters. I mean, it's honestly, like hipsters. honestly, it's a pretty easy move to do. You've got somebody in a, a front chin lock and fall backwards. It's a pretty it's, it's easy move, move with a lot of impact. The move you always did to your brother. It's the first, I right. think it's the first wrestling move that you learn wrestling with your sibling or friends or whatever is DDT, you know? And I, and I love that move. And I think it's, it, it's a great move, but you know, it's, it's a sign of the times like that was the finisher at the time. So there you go. Aaron, final thoughts on Arn Anderson versus the great Muta. Muta. Now, I love – we've talked about it before. I love both of these competitors. I think Muda, it was something different and at, at the time. And I wish that I was able to live during that time to see great Muda come out and just be awed by his, his quick karate kicks, as they called him, like his spinning back kick. You know, these little moves that, that you see commonplace now. He was an innovator, and he was a, a foreign threat in the 1980s when people were still – that woman with, with the poodle skirt remembered D-Day. You know, like he was this Japanese man coming into her territory, coming into Atlanta or wherever this was, was filmed. And she was, she was getting bombed by that goddamn moon song. Did you just watch Pearl Harbor while you're <laughs> on lockdown? Yes. Yes. But, you know, I mean, like you're thinking about it like that. The, the crowd was a little older and people are – Still got their feelings hurt. Especially down south, man. Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, oh, yeah. being able to have a matchup between these two competitors, two guys that I really respect and, like, I, I dig their work style and I dig how, how they're able to tell a story, even if you have the run-in, you know, and, and the ref distraction and stuff like that, it still was a matchup that had a concise story. It was – Three on one at one point, you know, like Arn is, is, is working like a cat backed into a corner. What, what is he going to do? How is he going to fight out of this? He's going to have to use this, this, and this, and his technical ingenuity to be able to get that win. And he did. And it was, I thought it was a great match. All right, Aaron, if you are ready, you are tasked with this week's social media update. Mike, uh, before we do our social media update, I'd like to say, you know, everybody knows the world is in a panic right now and it's hard to find all the goods. You need to keep you and your family safe, fed, entertained. Boys, have you ever needed to purchase shaving cream, peanut butter, a $3 DVD set of all public domain Western movies? and also multiple month-long WWE network subscription cards? Do you feel like going to Walmart is too much risk of exposing you to the dreaded China virus? All the time. I do. Well, hop on down to your neighborhood Dollar General and find everything your heart desires for a reasonable price. Here in Wilmington, we literally have Dollar Generals on every corner. So that means that carton of off-brand milk that you've always wanted to try is but a stone's throw a week. This week only, come on down to the DG and pick up a free case of the coronavirus with every purchase. Because at the Dollar General, no one covers their mouth when they cough. 
and everyone smokes menthols. <laughs> a huge thank you to Dollar General for sponsoring this week's $2 Steak, a pro wrestling podcast. I, I would just like to say thank you, Dollar General, for being there when the world needs you the most. For being the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel for being the supplier to our needs. So yes, again, salute. thank you. Thank you, Dollar. Salute. Salute, Dollar General. Thank you so much. Because Boys, of you, we will not happy. crash Aaron's network membership. Yeah, half <laughs> we of you guys were, were, were sans WWE network. It, and, and, and it's so sad that the two responsible members of our pro wrestling um, group chat were Cookie and I. Of all people, we had subscriptions to the network. Well, I had a bootleg subscription, but you wouldn't make Mike, it. Mike, you're big. a fucking doctor. And I think you got coffee, Barnum. Hey, man, I don't want to. I don't want to support that company. No, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. So I ended up. Uh, full disclosure: I ended up buying a bunch of discounted <laughs> one month subscriptions to the WWE Network, so all the boys could get together and watch it. This is my idea of a Zoom party, um, a, a WrestleMania party, because I knew we were not going to be able to get together. I usually spend that amount of money on barbecue alone for the uh, uh, <laughs> WrestleMania. So this year, we're going to be watching it with $7.50, month-long subscriptions oh, yeah. to uh, WWE. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, it's the little things you've, you've done throughout the year like this that have kept us going. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, yeah. why. No, I, I, Aaron, Aaron the, these things are the, the reason why we bought you that Terry Funk action oh. figure. Oh, which I think I'm going to have to unbox during... Um, Just hold them tightly. I'm going to unbox them during Wrestle, WrestleMania. Yeah. Him Just and I are going to be watching it. We'll do an unboxing Zoom chat. And uh, uh, didn't you make another purchase today? Oh, my God. I forgot. How did we no-sell this this week? This great social media company, uh, Lapel, yeah, they are one of these like small batch uh, professional wrestling shirt makers. And this week, they have had daily WrestleMania things that they were doing. This is a company that that on Sunday, I think two of us are actually going to run a 5K because of this company. They have Wrestle Run Twenty Twenty. And uh, it's, it's a way to kind of get people involved and, and stuff. And some of the money that, that they have raised are going back to people. Anyways, so this company has been releasing exclusive content through the week that is limited. They've only got a few things of each. On Monday, they released a coloring book. I bought two copies of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have one that I'm going to color in and one that I'm going to save for my collection. I, I don't know. I'm a fucking nerd, okay? On Tuesday, they came out with a Tiger King-themed professional wrestling poster that had all of the wrestlers. It had Jushin Thunder Liger. It had uh, Tiger Mask. It had Undertaker holding a, a, a cub and stuff like that. On Wednesday, Lapel, yeah, came out with some other stuff. So I have bought things throughout the week, right? On Thursday, I bought a really cool Stone Cold Steve Austin thing. Today, the theme was neon lights, blinded by the lights. And I was excited to kind of find out what it was. And I get the notification that it's a fucking neon light collection. So I bought the WCW logo in neon, a neon light version of the WCW logo that is going to be going right above 
Slim Jim, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Terry Funk. I'm going to mount it on the wall. And boys. Right in the home of $2 Studios. $2 Studios is going to look official. I'm going to look like uh, the Dan Patrick show. I'm so excited. You know how Dan Patrick has those signs in the background and everything? I'm going to look official. So next week when we zoom and we, we upload it onto YouTube, we will see hopefully the WCW. Oh, no, I, I think it'll take a couple of weeks for, oh. for it yeah. to come it's in. It, that is up a little bit. <laughs> That's unfortunate. All right. So back to the social media update this week, Twitter, 278 followers, Instagram, 120. And they, that is all on the back of one post from uh, Tolbert. And then that post mm-hmm. was today. Tobert giving the rules uh, that he didn't create. No. The rules nope. that he... Stealing uh, content. One thing Tobert's good together. at, stealing content. I figured we'd mention it in the podcast where they came from. Yeah, because we're, we're mentioning it because Cookie and his girlfriend made it. Cookie, thank, thank you. you for the list. You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. It was and a very okay. good list. So this week, uh, some of the highlights this week... Um, we had a tweet that reached almost 1,500 impressions. It had two retweets, and it had a reply from the official account of Wilmington. The city of Wilmington posted this really dumb haiku, and they're like, mm, stay away from me, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we'd like to hear your COVID-19 uh, haikus because it's Natural Poetry Day. And I see it, and I was able to jump in on this Twitter, this tweet, pretty early. And I wrote, we are stir-crazy, watching old Ric Flair matches. Wait, we haven't changed. Because we were doing that before COVID-19. We, we had two retweets from that. The city of Wilmington replied with a woo. I replied with a gif of Ric Flair strutting with stuff like that. We also had another tweet this week that reached uh, – a good ever of quarantine. We Zoom watched at Joey Janela versus Jeff Hart for hashtag $5 wrestling. It exceeded our expectations. That table was a tough SOB. Also, watch for Joey's chair toss from the, across the arena. We got two retweets from that, one from the creator of $5 wrestling, another from a, a fan, and we got a reply from Ricky Morton himself, the man, the myth, the legend, he replied to it and he said, "Yeah, we we want to see, uh, we want to see Joey versus Jeff part two. <laughs> do we? <laughs> we I, do. Do. I know I do. I replied with, uh, "We want to see an Iron Man match between the two." And then I said, "A, a twenty, a twenty minute uh, Iron Man match because that's all Jeff could, could take." <laughs> Throughout the week, I started making our own gifts, and we got some traction with those. We have a gif of Terry looking at a horse's ass, Terry emerging out of a box of, uh, with a chainsaw. But mostly my gifts were of Jeff Hart and Terry Funk. Aaron, um, can you talk to us about the uh, Ryan Satin tweet? Uh, the, uh, Mike, you're, 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 you're pulling an Aaron. You're, you're pulling the cart. <laughs> no, am I, am I, oh. okay. wow. I know where you were going, so I just, I just decided to pull the trigger on it. I believe that, that, that now it is time for Aaron Varnum's list. Now, you know that, that, uh, that Big Mike, an angry, angry young man, I'm the oh, resident angry. optimist of the group, the happy-go-lucky optimist of our group, and that means that uh, we have a different list this week. It's Aaron, hey, man, nice tweet. <laughs> <Yes>. oh. <laughs> 
Uh, I hear the music for this one. Yeah, it, it's going to be Hey Man, Nice Shot by uh, Filter. <laughs> All right, our first entrance into the Hey Man, Nice Tweet list is Brandon Stroud. Brandon Stroud, the, the writer and, and contributing editor for With Leather, uh, a great pro wrestling blog. He wrote, maybe this year WrestleMania, this year's WrestleMania is just an April Fool's joke. Kind of sad. We retweeted that with some some sad faces. Uh, we also got um, one of my favorite events of the week was Chris Jericho releasing the hounds. Uh, <laughs> if you guys had watched The Simpsons over the years, Mr. Burns, whenever he wanted people off his property, he'd say, release the hounds. <laughs> So being able to see his group of hound dogs come out and, you know, the Chihuahua, the Shih Tzu and all of that stuff made me laugh out loud. Um, Simpsons Wrestling Memes uh, wrote, or what? You'll release the dogs or the bees or the dogs with bees in their mouth. And when they bark, they shoot bees at you. And they showed Chris Jericho and it made me laugh. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Ryan Satin wrote, my dog apparently kicked her poop into the door while I was showering mad but also kind of impressed and i replied with nah that's just brad shepherd <laughs> <laughs> folks i saw that, that while i was taking it aaron on twitter this week was it literally reminded me of uh that time way back when early on in our podcast history when i did not give a shit about my job and i spent most of my time on twitter and uh we were getting braun Strowman, all this sort of stuff and there's lots of traction every which way. So, Aaron, I really appreciate you being Thank in quarantine. You. And I appreciate you taking the lead on the social media uh, this He's week. not caring and about Tolbert, his job. Tolbert, <laughs> Tolbert, you really need to step it up. I mean, you, you've you had three po- or two posts in two weeks. I've been weeks. busy, man. I've been cleaning out things. I've been riding my bike. I've been drinking beers. I've been uh, <laughs> doing things. You know, there's just not, it's just like, what do you want from me? <laughs> okay. Tolbert, I, I'm trying to help you out, man. Uh, Bull Nakano might be uh, following our podcast very soon on Instagram. Possibly. Possibly. Poss- Possibly. I will, uh, I'll try to do that for you this week. There we go. <laughs> it's going to be a very active week on Instagram. Trust me, guys. Yeah, you hear that? that that's what I'm talking about, Tolbert. All right, so with that, we will head to the strong style. This week, I gave Cookie a match between Tomohiro Ishii, Toro Yano, versus Minoru Suzuki and Shelton Benjamin. What an interesting combination of people Mike gave to me. Uh, Suzuki and Ishii, we all know these people, they are both hosses. They're not horses, they're horses. Uh, we all know this. We've watched several of their matches. They can work their asses off. Yano, he brings the deception to the table. Uh, he's the wolf in sheep's clothing. He's going to attack when the time is right. And last but not least, Shelton Benjamin. Multiple titles under his belt, proved himself in WWE, ROH. Uh, he's typically not given the push that he most people feel like he deserves. I will say behind, I'm, I'm also behind that movement. I think Shelton has outperformed a lot of people during his first stint in the WWE. 
his one drawback was, of course, his mic skills. But this match, we have some very talented people, and they're mixing it up in the ring. Shelton is bringing his uh, – he, he's starting to bring it to the Stone Pit Bull. They start off the match. Uh, it was like two Rams button heads with each other. Now, don't get me wrong. Ishii is a big, meaty man. But Shelton isn't a small dude either. I think he's like the tallest man in this match, if dude, I'm not he's a mistaken. Foot taller than Ishii. It's insane. It is. I mean, like we like I thought Ishii was a tall person. But it, I think it's Cookie, you talk about the stone pit bull, like how badass is that shirt? Oh, it's so fucking like badass, I, I saw that and I'm like, I want that shirt. Same. Because he Same. is literally he's the epitome of a stone pit bull. He really is, but like you get Ishii and Shelton in the match starting it off, and I'm like, oh, Shelton's a big boy. I didn't like, I didn't realize it, but Shelton's a big dude. Um, and man, he was talking trash after each shoulder tackle. So now I'm getting hype. I'm hyped because of this match. And initially, I figured, you know, Shelton would be the jobber. I mean, you look at the way he's being booked now. Like, it, you know, I, I, I'm kind of surprised that he was going head to head with Ishii, and he was he was standing, he was standing tall. He was he was doing well. But anyway. Um, let's get to the countdown. Cookies, top four, number one. Uh, wait, this is really random. I'm just going to throw this out here. We get a Taka Mishinoku uh, sighting in this match. Did you notice that, Mike? Uh, is he the blonde one on the side of the ring? He's the other guy that's right beside him, the shorter uh, okay. one. He's the shorter I did not one. notice that then. Very random. But anyway, my number one, listen to me. I don't know and I don't care what you call that cul-de-sac mohawk that Minoru Suzuki was rocking in this hey, match. Cul-de-sac mohawk. I was, was going to ask you, Cookie, what, uh, what were your thoughts on the hair versus hair? Uh, Suzuki versus um, Yano's blonde hair. Oh, my God. Yano's blonde hair. Looks exactly looks, like yours, Cookie. Fuck you. <laughs> Mine looks a lot better. And I will never do my beard. I will never dye my beard blonde. And he did. Cookie is you the black that Toro Yano. He's going to try to sell his DVDs here in a few minutes. <laughs> Yano, Yano looks like he was trying to imitate Seamus or something, just dyed the whole thing blonde. It was pretty gross. But Minoru Suzuki is a killer. He has to be. He does not care. Listen, if he's willing to do that to his hair, a cul-de-sac mohawk, then he doesn't give a fuck about anybody else's well-being. Now, was the design, did it have some, like, animal print in the design as well? Like, the, it, the, the front part, it was, like, some it Tiger like was, King bullshit. That's what I was just about to say. I was about to say, it looked like some Hope County Tiger King bullshit. Why you got to throw Hope County into this? I don't, I don't know, man. There probably are some tigers in Hope County. We'd like to thank all of our Hope County listeners that uh, have stayed with us throughout the 52 episodes. We would like to thank them, but at the same time, I have another Hope County reference later on in my segment. So oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. But anyway, Suzuki and Yano, they were in the crowd. Literally, Suzuki is kicking the shit out of Yano in the fifth row, straight knees to chest. And I'm not talking about running. He was just decking him in the freaking chin with his knee. Suzuki grabs the referee and just pushes him over some chairs. This man is an assassin, and I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'd ever get in the ring with him. Is all I have to say about Suzuki. He's a badass, and once again, I don't know what him and Orange Cassidy would have done in the ring, but I know it would have been beautiful. I'm so sad about that. I am too. But let's go to number two. I would have lost my voice at that match. I would have thrown up just like as soon as we left the arena. 
It's like, uh, is it Wendy, the, the girlfriend on South Park that always throws up? Like when, when Stan <laughs> yeah, sees yeah, Wendy, Wendy, he throws up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cook. Number two. All right, so we're about in the middle of the match. We're back in the ring. Yano hits Ishii with a hot tag. Ishii and Shelton are in the middle of the ring, and I've come to love this spot now, but Ishii usually incorporates this in all of his matches. It's the, it's the forearm spot. So it's where they're going just back and forth, just trading forearms to the chin and just screaming at each other. Shelton was hanging in with them, and I loved it. At one point, he's stunned. He shrugs it off. He smiles at the camera, and then they just go back at it, just straight trading elbows, just straight dropping bombs. Ishii decks him with a monster clothesline, and the crowd freaks. That was the first time I heard the crowd, which leads me to believe that obviously Shelton and my boy Suzuki are the heels of this match. So it's telling a good story. Let's go to number three. Number three. Yano. Yano's now tagged in. He dodges a corner attack from Suzuki, and he's just flailing his arms in the air. And it's, it's something similar to, like, RVD's taunt, where he just, you know, points his thumbs to himself, and he's chanting RVD. He's saying something in Japanese. Sounds cool. But anyway, Suzuki, Suzuki is right there to just kick him right in the ass. Just Spartan kicks him straight in the ass every time he's trying to pull off uh, that trademark taunt of his. That was pretty good. Number four. Oh, wait a minute. I like how Minoru Suzuki, you know, Yano is portrayed as this character that's like, you know, a joke. Yeah. But all of the other wrestlers, like even somebody as serious and badass as Minoru Suzuki still respect Yano enough to kind of give him a little like space. They're like, okay, this guy, we, we know during the G1s, he's been a spoiler. This guy has serious wrestling chops. But he's also a goofball. So, like, well, to bring it back, like Orange Cassidy, right? You know, same thing. Serious wrestling chops, man. I mean, Yano, he kids around a lot, but I mean, you'll see, you'll just see. We'll go to number, and and that's why I like Yano, and that's why I gave Cookie a Yano match. Number four. All right. So I don't know where the handcuffs come from. (laughs) I guess Yano brought them in the ring, and here's what we're talking about: wolf in sheep's clothing. Suzuki handcuffs himself to Yano, and he just starts molly whopping Yano. He is, he's handcuffed to him, left hand to the right hand, and Suzuki is just raining freaking haymakers on the Yano, and they're stiff. I mean, at one point, he sends the ref clear across the ring. Great sell from the ref. Knocks him clear across the ring. The match is over. Match is thrown out. Bell's ringing. I don't know what happens, but the young the young lions come in. Shelton's coming in. They're trying to get the two uh, apart from each other, and Yano pulls a Chris Angel. He magically slips out of the ring, and now Suzuki is somehow handcuffed to this young lion. Mind freak, mind freak. Exactly. <laughs> Cookie, this is why I specifically texted you. I said, watch through the end of the video because the entire last bit of this segment, I feel like is part of what makes this entire match. It does. It makes the whole match. And Suzuki's handcuffed to this young lion, and it's, I assume this is Yano's young lion that he just sacrificed to the wolf. <laughs> and, oh, man, this poor kid after the match, he's just pulled through the audience, through the stage area, and Suzuki just starts punching the shit out of him right on this barricade. Literally pops him a good five times. 
and then drags him through the double doors of the back entrance. And 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 that was that's that's why I love Yano because Yano is yeah, like you said, he's always getting one over. Like he's he may not be the most technical or the best wrestler, but he he knows how to work the system ish. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So yes. the fact that he was yeah, he was handcuffed and Suzuki's just raining blows and somehow he gets out from underneath it and then he, Again, I don't know Japanese, but he gets the microphone and he's just talking shit to Suzuki while he's handcuffed to the young lion about yes. basically like, come and touch me. Get it. What do you yes. think you can do? Yes. And then Suzuki just beats the shit out of this poor kid. <laughs> Yano will always get the last laugh, and that's why I respect Yano. I love Yano. So he was the first person to, to get a win over John Moxley, John Moxley in New Japan last year. How amazing Any, is that? Anywhere. Anywhere. John Moxley hadn't lost at that point. No, not at all. But honorable mentions, I think both of them are going to go to Yano. Yano and his tricks, he's about to be powerbombed at one point towards the end of the match by Suzuki. He grabs the ref, uses him as an anchor. Ref turns, ref is turned, so he spits something into Suzuki's face. This is disgusting. It doesn't look like Muda's missed, I'll tell you that. It just looks like he pulled a Hoke County and spit on this dude (laughs) and tried to roll him up. This was my favorite part of the entire match because it is pure Yano. Yes. Like Suzuki is about to murder this man. He has yes. beat him senseless. He is about to powerbomb him. And then Yano grabs, like hooks the leg of the referee who like stops it all, whatever it is. And then, yeah, Yano doesn't miss him. He loogies, much like that Hoke County loogie, into Suzuki's face. And he, go, he gets the roll-up. Like, he literally rolls him up. And I'm like, holy shit, is this about to happen? And it, he, obviously, Suzuki kicks out. I mean, but at the time, I thought, oh, my God, this is how Yano wins. I thought it was going to be the most Yano ending. I was like, well, there it is. Yano pulls another one off. <laughs> but all it did was really piss Suzuki off. Because it's so funny because, like, the one thing I always say, I'm the most like passive person. I feel like I'm a very passive person. I may be angry as Aaron says, but I'm a very passive person. But if somebody were to walk up to me and spit in my face, like I'm going to fucking try my hardest to kill you. <laughs> like I, I, I literally or don't brain bust you. <laughs> I, I don't get in fights. I don't, I, I'm, I'm always the level head, but if somebody were to spit on me, like, guess yeah. what? We're going to fucking town because I'm going to try to murder you. And I feel like Yano in this point was just, just trying to do whatever you could to to get the win. Now, listen, Mike, would you consider that to be the ultimate disrespect? Spitting in somebody's face? Yes. Yes. All right, well, listen. Yano takes it a step further, and he <laughs> straight up pours a full yeah. water bottle on Suzuki's head, and then he beats him with the plastic bottle. Yeah, well, well, Cookie, you didn't mention the part in the beginning where he, like, spits water at Suzuki, and he's, like, throwing water on him there, too. Like, that's what I'm <laughs> There was a tale of two matches, honestly. It was it was Ishii and Bel- Benjamin versus Yano and Suzuki because Suzuki was out for vengeance the whole time. I wish I understood Japanese so I could actually get Same. the context of whatever this match was, but I was just telling the story in my head, and it was a phenomenal match to watch. Phenomenal. And again, this is not the man to mess with, but Suzuki, listen, he has a cul-de-sac mohawk. I want you guys to Google it. Tell me what you find on Twitter or something like that. But Suzuki fucking decks Yano right after that. But yeah, rather he gets beat with that water bottle straight on the chin. And you, can, you can't you can tell me he was not knocked out after that first punch. Dude, 
But but it was so funny, I, and I hope I'm not spoiling it. But when Yano is like grabbing his mohawk, those those couple times where like you, you know Yano, he's gonna get one over. He's gonna he knows what to do, and he was grabbing the back of Suzuki's head and like pulling him forward. But yeah. then he's like he's trying to rah rah the crowd, and he just like gets punted in the back by like Shelton Benjamin. It was every single time. Dude, I loved I loved this match. Uh, last week, last week on the podcast, I know sold the fact that I was like, "Yeah, these are nothing to write home about." I rewatched them this week, and I go, "Aaron's and Cookie's matches, something to write home about." These are great matches, perfect matches. And listen, um, I, I <laughs> I'm gonna give this match. I think I'm gonna give it four and a half cookies. There you go. That's four it. And a half. I'll take match. it. That was a great. It was a great match. Um. As I said, I was not searching for five cookie matches. I was just searching yeah. for matches that incorporated people that I really enjoyed. And the fact that I got to see Ishii, Yano, Suzuki, yep. and then Shelton Benjamin. I actually have not seen much of Shelton Benjamin's work. Um, after I gave you this match, I went ahead and like looked up some highlights from Shelton Benjamin. That guy's crazy, especially in ladder matches. Like He does some work. He, so, he- when I was getting back into professional wrestling, um, Eddie Guerrero had just died. And that was the reason why I wanted to start watching wrestling again. I wanted to kind of, I, I watched the raw memorial to Eddie Guerrero. And on that night they had a match between Kurt Angle and Shelton Benjamin. And there was no storylines in any of these matches. It was just an athletic contest between two guys. And that single match was the reason why I started watching wrestling again. I had been lapsed for like two years at that point, And Shelton Benjamin changed my mind about what you could do in a professional wrestling match to make it look real, make it look athletic. And he was the reason why I started watching wrestling again. So correct me if I'm wrong. He came in at the same time that John Cena and Brock Lesnar did. Yeah. Yep. And, and people were like, this guy's the truth. Like this guy's the most athletic dude we've ever seen. And he actually never saw the acclaim that those two did. No, because he he was kind of saddled with really bad gimmicks. He had the uh, somebody better call my mama gimmick, you know, like yep. when when he had his his Shelton Benjamin's grandma, uh, like mother, walk, walked him to the ring, and it was it was bad. Then the gold Terrible. standard didn't really get over, but he had matches with Triple H, and he had a match against Shawn Michaels that just skyrocketed his acclaim. People saw this match. And it was one of the first times somebody took a uh, out of the air super kick. You know, he took a super. He took sweet chin music while he was diving. And that's and still one a, of the one of the more famous uh, gifts from that time too. Shelton's famous, man. I think Shelton should have had the title a long time too. ago, the big title. Um, he's kind of like Kofi Kingston, where he's just putting a lot of years of work, and he just never got that chance. But uh, hopefully, he does in the near future, man. With that, we're going to move to the high spot. Chris Tolbert, I gave you the Dark Outsiders versus <laughs> Raider Rock and Tolbert's boy, Jeff Hart. Tolbert, so you, you, tell me you about give, your match. You give Cookie and Varum these amazing world-class matches. Just like, hey, guys, it's been a year. I love you guys. Here's some world-class, just amazing wrestling. Uh, you can have this. 
Toll Bear. Here, you take this. Hey, man, and, Jeff and, Hart's and your boy. I know how much Chris Tolbert loves Jeff Hart. I, I do. He, I, uh, Tolbert, I scoured the internet trying to find a Jeff Hart match. <laughs> but then later in the week, we all actually got to watch a really decent Jeff Hart match. Yeah, we, uh, decent, it was awesome. Decent's a liberal term. Um, <laughs> I also mentioned how I was not going to pay for a Jeff Hart match. So I was trying to find oh, a Jeff no. Hart match <laughs> I did. that we could, on the, the podcast budget, Give to Tolbert, and so Tolbert, I gave you this. Um, I gave you this match. Go oh, ahead and uh, okay. tell us about so, your match. Well, it is the the Dark Outsiders, and uh, I don't know how dark they are, but they are some outsiders. Um, they look like they just left the military surplus store and uh, suited up before this match. Um, While listening to Insane Clown Posse. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, obviously, they're in the metal. They have uh, their uh, their metal music playing as they enter this. I mean, what a draw for this match! I mean, <laughs> it's it's just the crowd's hyped. All hey, hey, Tolbert, if you had to give a liberal, of them are just so. Hyped. <laughs> I'll say, if you had to give a liberal estimate, how many people are in the stands? Liberal estimate without all right. First of all, the camera. Thank you. Is the guy's cell phone, right? Yep. Um, how is it? How is it recorded for the first half? Well, I wrote my notes. Uh, cameraman trying to decide between hamburger and hot dog. <laughs> Probably doing the same backstage before he came out. I'll just have both. <laughs> yeah. I just have both. And that's what he did with the camera. You could tell he's like, I'm going to get this good angle. But you know how when you're tr- you turn your phone, it flips and films upside down. Yeah, so it's it. nauseating for a moment. <laughs> uh, but he figures it out. I give him the benefit of a doubt. He, he hey, you know what? It. Raider Rock looked way better in um, hot dog than he did hamburger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looked like he had a hot dog in, and a hamburger stuck in his cheek. Yeah, or he had him in his like tights a chipmunk as a legal weapon. <laughs> that, that, that goiter he has. Good God. Oh, you're going to talk about his sister? All right, it's over. It's over. Tell us, tell us about the match. <laughs> anyway, so... They come out of the ring. There's, there's maybe I don't know estimate. You asked me estimate. Maybe seven people there. If that, we can't quite see behind the cameraman. Maybe the hard your hard campsite is packed. I don't know. But, <laughs> the hard campsite. <laughs> well, they come out to the dastardly tag team of uh, Raider Rock and uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff the Hitman Hart, the only member of the Hart family that moved to Montreal or, or Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Or Winnipeg, where he's from. Is that his actual gimmick? Yeah, that's what yes. people say. Oh, my God. <laughs> but right. he's obviously oh. from North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. So this match starts off. Um, I don't know which one is which of the dark outsiders. Um, <laughs> uh, but Just call it, them both number two. Yeah, you got <laughs> you got number two, number two. You got a long-haired one. You got a bald one. Uh, they're both in camo. Um, oh, we see some uh, crisp, clean moves <laughs> from. Is that is that because they were so slow? Here's <laughs> a sarcasm of him in my voice. We actually see a clothesline where he he catches him with his wrist, <laughs> and they sell so hard. They try so hard. Um. And, you know, I'll give this is five dollar wrestling, right? Um, it's not even familiar it's not with five dollar wrestling. Two fifty. They are uh, Aaron. Can you give us a history on five dollar wrestling? I don't want to. Uh, no, oh, uh, this so is it not five dollar wrestling. 
But yeah, this is not five dollar wrestling. They just have some of the members of five dollar okay. wrestling. This is literally twenty five cent wrestling. <laughs> About ten years ago, maybe a little bit longer. Um, uh, High Spots, a company that releases all sorts of local DVDs and compilations and stuff. It's it's kind of like a, a pro wrestling superstore in Charlotte. One of the guys there, Jake Feuerbark, um, who was also known as the Man Scout, Jake Manning. I managed him once in Whiteville, of all places. I dressed up in my Boy Scout uniform and uh, brought a canteen to the ring. <laughs> this guy did a documentary on the boys from Burke County, the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, and it was just terrible indie wrestling that people couldn't get enough of because these guys were cutting really bad promos and they thought they were good and it just ended up being like kind of like a, a, a a funny thing you know people yeah, are making it, fun of these people and it's since become like kind of i wouldn't say a sensation but in the indie wrestling scene it's kind of like an underground yeah people you know, love YouTube it sensation yeah, yeah people it, love it these guys but that's five dollar wrestling Tolbert. Yeah. we bought tickets wrestling. to it in tampa yes and well what i was getting to mike is that this is some of the members of five dollar wrestling oh uh, yeah there are some participants but as i told you this last is probably week, a burt county show before five dollar wrestling game as, <laughs> Tolbert, as i told you last week this this video has been on youtube for nine years it had Ooh. it had 135 oh. views it currently has 139 views. Ooh, wow. Um, that is the four of us watching this terrible match. Yeah. Well, um, that's what it is. And good on them. They, they tried to put on a good show for all that. I, I'll have to say some of the crowd, I wrote down some, some quotes from the crowd. Give him the shooter. <laughs> this one guy just kept saying, put him in the shooter. Which, if, if you guys aren't familiar, the sharpshooter is Bret Hart, the, I mean, wrestling superstar, Hall of Famer. Uh, it, it's his finishing move. Um, and he has adopted this. And as we saw <laughs> in Joey Janela versus Jeff Hart, he doesn't quite put it on the right way all the time, but he he gives it his best. <laughs> and Tobert, I believe that is the same guy that also tried to start a This Is Awesome chant. And uh, this is awesome chant did start up, <clears throat> excuse me, but it was not that awesome. Um, <laughs> there was also another heckle from the crowd. You got a lot to learn, boy. And yes, yes, they do. <laughs> it's accurate statement. Oh, man. So you just see so this really slow. You could tell they're trying to set up the move before talking to each other. It's just, it's comical. Um I wrote, oh, my God, the series of elbow drops from the Dark Outsider. Because <laughs> Jeff Hart down, he drops an elbow, one elbow. He drops another elbow, two elbows. <laughs> he keeps <laughs> dropping those elbows. And as slow as I'm, I'm talking right now to describe the elbows, you hear a, a heckle from the crowd. Give him one more. <laughs> God damn it, he does. <laughs> and he obliged. Um, Jeff Hart comes back with the slappy chops. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Uh, he gives him the chops, just just the slappy chops. Hits him with a Bronco Buster uh, on the second rope. Um, I don't know. As as poorly executed as some of these moves, you know they have to inflict some injury when you take a Bronco Buster from Jeff Hart uh, on the bottom rope. Uh, Jesus, no matter how slow he comes at you. <laughs> so, the, in the meantime, Mentally um, and physically. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, 
Um, as this is going on, oh, old Raider Rock is just kind of chilling on the apron. Jeff Hart's kind of still in the show. Um, Can you explain his facial uh, paint for yeah, us? So it's kind of like a kitty cat. Mixed with uh, mixed with sting and uh, he looks like corner. he got stung. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna make fun yeah. of his. You're gonna make fun of his thing on his face. Yes. I mean, all right, I guess we're going there. Yeah, he does yeah. have a mighty large. I'd call it. Yeah. Assist. I don't this was nine nine years ago. Imagine how big it is now. <laughs> or maybe you got it taken care of. I don't know. Maybe Drain. the promoters of five dollar wrestling hooked him up. I don't know. Got him some. I don't know. New teeth like the Tiger King dude. I don't know. Who knows? So, can you talk about the intensity with which Jeff Hart picked him that the one guy so much up intensity and slammed him into the corner post? So much then, intensity, and then slammed him right? into the ground. That was definitely the high spot of the match. <laughs> Jeff Hart, he's a big boy. He scooped him right up, and he's going to charge him right into the turnbuckle. Charge, yes. The cameraman can't quite keep track of him because he's moving so fast, but the cameraman gets there just in time to see him. Slightly just he he charged him with the intensity. Turnbuckle. He charged him with the intensity that I plug in my phone. Yeah. (laughs) Really carefully. As if he like changed his mind and he was like, you know what? I'm just gonna body slam you. I'm not gonna punch you through that. I'm not gonna make you take that bump, boy. Yes. I know how to compare this intensity. It was the intensity of uh Aaron running that try. Right before COVID nineteen hit us. Yes, right before COVID nineteen. Try score. Yes. yes. You know that's why the virus hit us. They they that was the peak of rugby. That well, that was no, that was actually the, the thing that cracked the universe. I think. It was, I think um, so too. Yeah. No, that's exactly yeah. what it was. It splintered the the ultraverse. It did. Uh, Cookie, I I didn't see you run a seventy five uh, meter try that game. No, because <laughs> Cookie was standing up for his boy Damn and right. shooting on that motherfucker. Damn shooting. right, Cookie was shooting. <laughs> Anyway, back to the match. So Raider Rock match. finally gets match. <laughs> Raider somehow Jeff makes a tag. I didn't see this tag happen. I don't know. Um, Raider finally gets in the ring, um, and he puts one of the members of the Dark Outsiders in this mod. I would call it a modified toehold, uh, <laughs> where he looked like he was actually gonna fucking pop his ACL. I, I was like, stop doing that, and the guy. I don't know. It, it's, it probably actually fucking hurt. It was like, stop it. Um, in the meantime, Jeff Hart is outside of the ring. Um, and, and I was a little smoking con- a cigarette. I was a little confused about this whole ordeal because uh, while this is going on, there's a manager of sorts outside of the ring. You can barely see him in the background holding a Singapore cane. Um, and while Jeff Hart is outside, if you look in the background, it's very poor video quality he smacks the shit out of jeff hart across the face with it i mean it is a legit blow the whole crowd <laughs> all seven of them pop for it can you imagine taking that bump in front of seven people dude he hits the shit out of him where it made me go like oh my god it was a shitty match until that happened and he goes do it again <laughs> and he does it again it just smacks the shit out of him, and he goes down. You know what had to hurt. I was like, oh, my God. Um, and it's – after seeing that and then seeing his match against Joey Janela, taking all those bumps and torture, this man can take a hit. <laughs> He's not very flashy. He can take a hit. Um, How would you describe Jeff Hart? Um, 
like uh, like the member of the Hart family that was raised in the shed with the bear. <laughs> he wasn't allowed to come in the house. <laughs> He's like uh, Bart Simpson's twin brother in that, that Halloween yes. episode. <laughs> yes, that is exactly it. I don't know if anyone's seen that. I, I, I don't get that reference, but I wrote down, it's as if Bob from Bob's Burgers put on 40 pounds and became a wrestler. Yes, that's pretty God. spot on. All those are pretty spot on. Um, he, he's a big boy. He wears uh, pink tights, jeans like the Hart family does. They're not quite jinkos. They're very lightweight. Uh, I can see them. You know, they're, they're very, very wide, wide ankled though. Yeah, yes. they're, they're not boot good. <laughs> I give him the respect. He wears boots under those wide leg. Uh, yeah, that's about the only thing legit about his uh, his yeah. gimmick is that he has real wrestling boots. <laughs> does. Um, we get back to some solid back and forth from Raider Rock. <laughs> anyway, this is going on. Um, you actually see Jeff put on a, a sharpshooter. Um, I, I'm just confused about what is going on because it's so slow paced. <laughs> um, at one point, I said, "Would you call that a pedigree that the Dark or Outsiders put on uh, Raider Rock?" I, I wouldn't call it a pedigree. I would call it a, sh- a shelter dog last pick. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. Um, a shelter in place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, a shelter in place order. Um, so this is where I'm confused. The same manager that hit Jeff with a Singapore cane earlier is on the curtain while one of the members of Dark Outsiders is trying to make a pin, and he just kind of lip-wristed slaps him with the uh, Singapore cane. doesn't put any flick into it all. He's just like, you stop it. <laughs> and then you stop. <laughs> and then steps into the ring, takes a shot from the Singapore cane that he dropped, and no-sells it. He just no-sells everything. These wrestlers go after him. He's no-selling everything. <laughs> And then shoots on the wrestlers, and he's throwing out DDTs and like throwing punches. Uh, and DQ, DQ, matches over Dark Outsiders to take the win. Yep. <laughs> Wait, what about uh, Jeff Hart any, coming in? With- <laughs> boys, <laughs> any final thoughts on Tolbert's match? Uh, that was uh, that was hard to watch, Mike. <laughs> Thank you for one year of. He, uh, he said yeah. it all. You, you know what? Um, I was just trying my hardest to find you a match of an individual who I know you cared and respected. <laughs> so know, I, I found that as, Jeff Hart match. As, as, as much as we like to laugh at it, goddamn, if he doesn't give it his all, you know, and he, he can really, I'm not saying he didn't try. I'm just saying he's <laughs> terrible at it. Yeah. Anyway, with that, Tolbert, your high The high it is then burger or hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, boys, sorry, can't pay you. <laughs> Jeff Hart won that night. There you go. The there last it is. Line, I, I wrote two op, uh, two lines. Oh. The other one was, "Can y'all help break down?" <laughs> <laughs> so, Tolbert, can you uh, can you read us? Can you read us it again, just straight through? All right, burger or hot dog? Uh, boys, sorry, can't pay you. Jeff Hart won that night. There you go. And Jeff Hart did win that night. We won that night and this night because, you know what, we, uh, we succumbed and overcame the coronavirus, boys. We, uh, we, we managed did. to still get together. We managed to make it 
52 weeks. That is one year of podcasting. How the fuck we did it, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Here we are. I would say that Aaron Varnum is the glue that holds this podcast together. So thank you, Aaron, again. Uh, With that, next week, your boy Cookie. He's here. Hosting $2 Steak of Pro Wrestling Podcast. Cookie, any thoughts on next week? Yes, there are. No, what are they, Cookie? Please tell us. You better bring the energy, boys, because I'm coming in hot, okay? The energy's coming next week, and you know what? Steve Harvey over here. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Is it racist? (laughs) No, I'm not bald yet, so it's not racist. (laughs) Anyway, so here's what I'm going to do. What I want is I'm going to give you guys options as to what your match is going to be. Mike, I'm going to start with you. Would you rather have a TLC ladder slash gimmick match, or would you rather have big meaty men a bump and meat? Cookie, uh, go ahead and give me those big meaty men bump and meat. If you want the big meaty men bump and meat, then I'm going to give you a match from No Way Out 1997. It's going to be Kane versus Vader. Let's oh, go, shit. dude. Let's yeah. give us some big boys. Big men. Big boys. And they bump and meet, let me tell oh, you. Oh, let's go. Aaron. Yes, sir. Would, would you rather have, you're filling in for the strong style. So would you rather have Lucha Libre from the from WCW era around that right. time? Right. Or would you rather have a classic slobber knocker uh, featuring uh, a Sting and or a Bret Hart? <laughs> Uh, is that even a question? I want option two. You want Sting and Bret Hart? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, okay. Well, then that's what you're going to get from WCW, and I'm going to work on finding that match for you. All right. My man, Tober. Yes. Wait, the cookie, hot spot. Cookie, I know we give Aaron a lot of shit about, like, wow, that's a lot of pro wrestling. How much wrestling have you watched this week? Lord, <laughs> how high are you that you're sucking that microphone down your throat? Uh, I, I am, I'm very high. And I had it to watch over WWE Network uh, from over the 90s. <laughs> so this is where I get to Tobert. Yes. ECW is coming your way. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have a New Jack slash Gangsters match or something between Sabu and RVD? Oh, that's a tough call because we did watch, you know, the, uh, the Dark Side of the Ring this week. And yes. it was brutal. We've been making pencil shaving jokes all week. <laughs> um, and as much as I want to roll up, I don't know. I'm going to have to say, you know, 420 is coming up, guys. So I'm going to have to opt for the new Jack and Gangsters. Also keep it relevant, what's coming up, what we've been doing this week. That's what I'm going to take. You're going to take the Gangsters? Yeah. All right. Crazy shit. If y'all haven't watched that, I think I'm going to give you the Gangsters against the Dudley Boys. Oh, I love me some Dudley Boys. Yes, yes. <laughs> Big things coming your way next week, boys. Yeah. All right, with that, stay tuned, and thank you for being an avid listener. Thank you for one year of podcasting. Continue, please, please continue to follow us on your respected podcast apps, as well as be on the lookout on Twitter and Instagram at the number two dollar stake underscore and be on the lookout youtube number two dollar stake podcast um we may we may not we may may start live streaming we may not we may start posting videos we may not who knows how long this quarantine will be um but 
if it continues much longer, we may start posting videos of ourselves zooming and the interesting perspectives that come from that with Aaron and his headphones and Cookie doing nefarious things. And Tolbert sitting here with his world map view of places he's been. Um, so again, thank you for listening. Tune in next week to your boy Cookie hosting this wonderful podcast. Thanks for listening.